Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoy it. But first, I want to ask you a question. Are you someone who has high upside potential in your business and yet sometimes that goal is just hard to get to and maybe the only way you've seen to get to it is just to make more calls, you know, work harder? Well, if you're fed up with using old strategies to solve new problems, then I might have a solution. It's my five-day million-dollar seller challenge. We meet one hour a day in a coaching intensive where I will teach you five moves that you can make to scale your results without working harder. To learn more, click the link in the show notes or go to milliondollarsellerchallenge.com. Hey, welcome back to the Bill Kasky Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Kasky, and I'm with you for another episode where today we're going to go into part two of our, uh, we'll call it another dimension of qualification. But first, I neglected to do a shout out last week, and we played some music from a band called Sonic X Banjo Combo, uh, is up in Canada, Toronto, kind of leads the group or is one of the group members. Uh, and the song that we played was uh, Fly Around the World. Fly Around the World. I talked to Joe, met him, good guy, and the band is really good. You can go to sonicxband.com if you're interested in more. We'll play a little bit more at the end of this episode, too. As we always say, we would love a review. So if you like this podcast and you get value out of it, we'd love to have you review this on iTunes and uh, let me know what you say. And I'd be glad to send you a little a little gift, a little treat of some kind. Also, if you're a sales leader, sales manager, VP of sales, CEO or president, and you have a sales team that's not quite performing where you want them to, go to billkasky.com forward slash WTH. WTH stands for what the heck's going on with my sales team. 12 important problems that sales teams have and a handful of solutions that will help you work your way through those. BillKasky.com forward slash WTH or just go to BillKasky.com. It's pretty prominent there. On next week's show, I have a special guest named Dan Fredrickson. Dan is an attorney in Denver, and we talk a little bit on the next episode about contract negotiations. And I know many of you are calling on large accounts, calling on governmental units, calling on utilities, any kind of large organization where things get stuck in contracting. And he's got some uh, interesting spins on that. So Dan will be with us next week. And I wanted to tee that up because if you are in the contract world and you uh, get frustrated by that, I think Dan's got some good ideas on that. So we're going to continue this week for the second part of the series that has to do with qualification. And, you know, as I was doing last week's episode and I re-listened to a part of it, I don't think I spelled out very well up front how important qualification is. And I know we all know that. And but it's, it's not just as simple as do they have a problem, do they have the money to fix the problem, and do they have the wherewithal or commitment or decision power to spend the money to fix the problem. And I know that's the simple version of that, but in, in organizations, we tend to talk about qualification a lot. Are they qualified? 
Well, yes, they're qualified or no, they're not qualified. I always feel like, is it really as simple as yes and no? Is it simple as checking those three boxes? I don't think it is. And so I wanted to talk to you today about the second four things. We talked about four last week. If you did not hear that, go back and listen to it. Last week's episode talked about four of the elements of qualification. I had eight total today. We will talk about the second four. So we're going to start with number five. Have you taught your prospect anything? If you have not taught them anything, if you have not acquainted them with new ways to think about things, uh, new trends or trends in the market that are causing people to rethink their position on your product line or, or on the, the industry itself. If you're not teaching them anything, then I find it very hard to believe that you will be positioned properly in their mind. And, you know, uh, we I keep going back to this idea of scaling your business. And scaling your business means that you are not closing 10% of the deals you work on. You're closing 60% or 70 or 80 And so you can get a 5x return just by being better in the sales process. And being better in the sales process partly has to do with how you're positioned. And how you're positioned partly has to do with, are you teaching them anything? Are you seen as a valued and viable resource and someone who's relevant to their business? Or are you just a salesperson? And I don't want you to be just a salesperson. You're so much better than that. But you have to bring a little bit of your whole self to that game. And part of that whole self is you have to be you have to be generous with your information and generous with your information means you need to teach something, need to share something, acquaint them with something, trends, mistakes, misconceptions, whatever. So that's my first question today. Number five, are you teaching them anything? Number six, have you shared your process with them? Have you shared the process that will take them from where they are today to where they would like to be somewhere down the road? Have you, have you documented that process? A, do you even have one? If you don't have one, a little bit hard to share. Do you have a process with boxes and circles and, and visual graphics that says, here's how we do things? And do you have a process so that once they say yes and pull the trigger and say, we're, we're going forward? Do you have a process for going forward? And if you haven't shared both of those with your prospect, then is it any wonder they're not following you? You look around, you thought they were right behind you, but they're not because they had nothing to follow. I hear this all the time from business to business sales organizations, primarily in the longer cycle business where the comp it's a complex sale. It might be three months, six months, nine months. And I find that we're not very good at laying out the process for our customers. We're not very good at that. We're good at all the the clever sales moves and all that. But if the prospect doesn't know where you are taking them and what's going to happen after you take them there, what's the process look like once they say yes, if you haven't shared that with them, then don't expect them to be around for very long. That's why I think a lot of our sales you know, our conversion percentages are down 10, 12, 15% today because I don't think we're good at telling people where we're taking them and sharing it in visual process uh, orientation. Number seven, have they admitted their problem or have they revealed their opportunity or their aspiration? I know one of the ones we talked about last week is have you cast a vision and have you helped them cast a vision? 
But also I think that you've got to find out what, where their discomfort is, where their circumstances are that are untenable. They can't live with this any longer. You can call it pain. You can call it needs. You can call it, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of different names for it. I wouldn't call it pain point, though, because I think that implies that it's one thing. I think pain and discomfort is a blanket that we lay over things rather than just a point in time. So I don't like pain point. You know that. I've talked about that before, and a lot of people use it, but I don't care for it. I think it's... I think it dilutes the power of the pain that they have that they're seeking an answer for. And you, as a sales professional, have an answer, probably, sometimes. So I think anything you can do to position your value uh, as solving a bigger problem and a series of problems and a host of problems and the aspirational things about, you know, where are they going and why are they having such a tough time getting there? You can position yourself as the person to talk to, then you're, you're in control of the process. You're free. You're empowered. We all want to be empowered, but we don't want to do the things that re- are required for us to be empowered. And one thing we have to do is stop talking long enough to let them tell us what their pains are, what their fears are, anxieties, what they're thinking, what's their circumstances untenable. I like that. I've been using that a lot. Untenable circumstance. What's your untenable circumstance? You can't live with it anymore. If you, if you ask a prospect that and they say, well, you know, we really don't have anything that we can't live with. We're doing pretty well. We just like to fix a couple of things. Well, they may not be a prospect because their circumstance is not untenable. They, they, they can live with it. Well, if they can live with it, why would they ever spend $1 fixing it? There's nothing to fix. And number eight, are there vital economics? Have you had a discussion with them about the economic picture? Not just the cost of the product that you represent, but the entire economic picture around it. The benefit, the economic benefit. Uh, A lot of times in your business, it will not just cost people uh, dollars to buy from you, but it will cost them dollars to implement the purchase from you. So is there, if, if we look at the total economic picture, I had a client do this last week and it really was interesting. I drew a circle up on the board and I said, tell me all the different elements of economics that fall into this decision, that weigh into this. And they talked about price, they talked about terms, they talked about carrying costs, they talked about you know, change, cost of change, because they, they, their sale, they're asking someone to change from their current vendor to them. And so there's a cost to that. There's a reprogramming cost. There's all sorts of costs. And we can't ignore that. But when what they came up with was like eight areas, eight elements of financial impact. And now you can have a broader discussion with your prospects. So it's not just about price. There's all these things. And one of those things is the economic value of the solution. So you're going to pay $100,000. What are you going to get for it over the next 10 years? $30 million? $2 million? $1 million? So if you're taking a look and you're pulling focus on that circle, on that pie chart, and you're looking at all the different elements of financial, are you having those discussions with your prospect? 